Kyle Weger, what's up, yep. man? Yo, man, can you hear me okay? I hear you just fine. Can you hear me okay? Yes, absolutely. Good to go. Uh, I'm like a thousand miles away, but it's coming in clear. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, where are you? Back in uh, you're back in the states, right? Back in San Fran. Yes. Right. Yep. One. Um, and you're you're in Denver right now. Uh, always, brother. <laughs> always. <laughs> always in Denver. Even, yeah. even if you leave, your heart's in Denver. Yeah, I tried that once. I tried leaving for like four years, and I still found my way back here. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I remember. So a little background here. Um, I'm Sonny. Thank you, everybody, for joining. We've got a bunch of people joining right now. Awesome. Welcome to the second episode of the Breakthrough Apps Show. Uh, in short form, we're just calling it Breakthrough Show. And, um, and so Kyle um, is a famous, very famous handstand coach. I don't know about that. <laughs> Dude, listen, I go, I go to the App Store. I search handstand. Guess we're number one. Up? We're organ <laughs> organic number one. That's, uh, that's solid. That that's quite an achievement. Yeah, Kyle Kyle's got the the number one ranking handstand app in the iOS and Android app store in most territories. Um, and uh, yeah, Kyle, welcome to the show, man. Thanks for Officially. inviting me. I mean, this was a this was a no brainer for me, of course. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So I would love to dig into various aspects of your life, starting from how you got into handstands, uh, your digital media following. Um, and I'm hoping we can get into like some learn from you about like paid ads and just your guidance for like people, you know, trying to get started, especially in this whole uh, Corona world, which seems like the norm, everybody's yeah. shelter in place and, and trying to go online. Um, but I, I have a point that we can start at. Um, I see you have you have uh, many thousands of Instagram followers. Yeah, how did, I, how did that come to be? Uh, how did you get I, so many Instagram followers? I I recently hit forty eight, I think forty eight k. You know, when I I started my Instagram account many many years ago, like eight years ago, but it wasn't really that serious for me because I didn't. I guess I didn't realize the full potential of its reach. Um, I was running a an online yoga business at the time, and that was kind of the purpose of me being on Instagram was just to promote that. Mm -hmm. And then I didn't. I wasn't super social. I was active on Facebook and. I mean, back then, like MySpace, maybe. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think that had fizzled out by then. But what years? Um, 2000, 2012. 2012. Yeah, I think MySpace yeah. was gone by then. But um, yeah, yeah. And so I had a very small following, and then I started posting a little bit more about yoga stuff and um, my few things here in Denver. And then I moved to California in 2016, and I realized that this is how people communicate now is through Instagram. Like Instagram. It, there was a very specific uh, case that happened where I was at the beach doing my handstand practice and this younger gentleman had come up and asked, do you do uh, coaching? I, can I take a private lesson from you? And I said, sure, man, here, grab, grab my number. And he's like, no, no. Mm. What, he's like, what's your, what's your I, IG? And I, <laughs> I was like, what, what do you mean? Uh, he's like, yeah, what's your Instagram? I was like, oh, that doesn't matter because I'm giving you my phone number which is a way better way to direct like, content. Yeah. I'm from a really small town. So if you want to, yeah. if, if I'm like blowing someone off, I would give my email address or Hey, right. follow me on social media. If I'm giving you my right. phone, phone number, we're having a conversation. And then I realized right. that the Instagram, like direct message and ability to follow in this fitness world was actually more valuable than having my phone number. Um, yeah. and, yeah. So, so then I was like, okay, I'll start paying attention to this. And so I started posting more stuff from yoga and handstands out in California. And mm. I'll just be totally transparent with you. How I got to my, when my numbers jumped 
is because of paid advertising. And let me be clear, I, 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 don't, I don't buy followers, I don't buy fake things. I started yeah. advertising my handstand offerings, a free video in my course, and people would see the ad and like grab the free mm -hmm. video or maybe just follow me. And so it's been like a slow growth from, I had about 2,000 followers, I think, when I started, and now I'm at 48, mm. so whatever, a 46,000 wow. follower delta in mm. a number of years because I was running paid ads. I, um, yeah. I had always just been interested in paid acquisition for customers. And if the yeah. byproduct of that is now I have a bigger voice on social media because of this following, then so be it. So the paid ads, uh, I'm sure it was a natural transition when you actually had a product to offer. Totally. Yeah. Right. You had a product to offer and that was what a digital handstand course on your website. Yeah. I had, I had, I had, had been funneling traffic towards two main sources for me, which was number one, my lead magnet, which was a free mm. handstand video. It's called four simple handstand movements to so just give it away for free, just to get people to familiarize themselves with my teaching. And then on mm. um, different avenues, I would advertise straight to my online course, which most people know me for, which is six weeks to handstand. And six so that I, I picked up a ton of followers through, through advertising in those avenues. And your six weeks to handstand and your sponsored ads was what caught my attention when I messaged you like, Hey Kyle, you want to do an app? <laughs> yep. Yep. That's how most um, people find me. You'd be, you'd be surprised how many emails I get that are like, man, I've seen your ads or I, I've, it doesn't happen often because I'm not like a huge name, but like every so often yeah. I'll, ha I'll have someone come up to me and be like, Hey, are you Kyle for, I see your handstand commercials and I just kind of chuckle. I'm like, Hey, I'm sorry for, for, you know, clogging up your feed, but that's how I make my money. <laughs> right. So. It's, it's funny now that, you know, people know that, Hey, breakthrough apps did the app for Kyle Weger and like, I'll be on like either other partner calls or sales calls. And people will ask me like, is that really Kyle's mom in the ad? Kyle's mom yeah. can do handstands? <laughs> for anyone watching this that has yeah. any question, 100% yes, my mom can kick up and hold anywhere between a 15 and 22 second handstand pretty regularly. She, she's wow. a boss. Okay, I, I do want to dig into your handstand practice, and I've got some personal questions that I want to ask about my personal handstand. But um, before that, I want to go back to the paid ads. Um, you mentioned lead magnet. Can you yeah. define for the for the people who may not be super familiar with what is a, what's the purpose of a lead magnet? Absolutely. So a lead magnet is something you give away for free for zero dollars uh, that mm. attracts leads or prospects um, mm. that are interested in your niche. It's um, I did definitely didn't come up with this. This has been the way of digital marketing. It's been the way of uh, analog marketing as well. Like you 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 mm -hmm. would let someone test drive a car before they buy it, right? right. Um, they, Give them uh, a little taste, a little taste, a little teaser. Yeah, that's why at Whole Foods, they uh -huh. sit out like trays of cheese and crackers. Like, oh, try this new cheese, and then someone ends up <laughs> buying it, right? Um, yeah. They do this in like every sales role you can imagine. There's always some kind of trial period. In the digital world, there's so much yeah. information available that it is much more advantageous if you're in the world of personal fitness training, skill training, like handstands, yoga, whatever to let people sample your yeah. teaching style for free. And it gives you an opportunity to demonstrate that you know what the hell you're talking about and you're not some right. schmo. Yeah. So they get a taste before they buy. And now it, do you also use that as a vehicle to build your email list? Cause your email list I imagine is a pretty decent size right now. Yeah. I, um, my email list is to be clear. I value getting someone's email better than getting them to follow me on social media. 
because when you have email, you can develop a one-on-one a -on -one conversation. Where, and no, uh, social media is great, but when you make a post, mm -hmm. it's usually just kind of directed at a general broad audience, even if it's super helpful, like a handstand tip, or like, hey, here's a new skill I'm working on. But if I have your email address, and I use a pretty advanced system called Active Campaign, and mm -hmm. I can start sending you very specific messages based on your behavior, thinking that like I might have a better idea of what you want versus just posting, here's a pretty picture of me handstanding at the beach. Right. <laughs> right. You can target them specifically. Yeah. Um, yeah. Wow. That's, that's real cool. And you know, I, I've, I've been hearing the stat as uh, the stat about email marketing versus just like Instagram marketing, for example, that email marketing has a way higher conversion rate. Crushes it. Somebody General says, rule. General rule for anyone yeah. listening to this, list first, sell second, right? Mm. Get them on your list. That's the most important thing. You're going to get them uh, uh, hearing you. They're going to be receiving any free content that you can give away. They'll be you know, um, much more inclined to take you up on your offer when it's time to make it versus uh, direct marketing. But I, I do both because my numbers support that I do that. Um, yeah. So, so if I can you know, fire up a... Facebook and Instagram campaign and people are converting straight on the sale to the, my course or to the app. If the numbers are there, then I keep that going. Um, if it is like, let's say a country that has an unfavorable exchange rate to the U S dollar, somebody mm -hmm. like Canada or Australia, both English speaking countries with a big fitness scene, I would go the other route and then send them over to my free offer because it's going to get them in the door, build value. Then when they look at the, the course, they're like, okay, I, I, could, I could justify spending this now. Mm. Um, yeah, we have a bunch of people listening in live. So, uh, folks, if you guys have questions for Kyle that you want us to dig into, please feel free to put them in the chat. Um, and I will also be posting a recording the, on this um, oh, awesome. on the Breakthrough Apps. On the Breakthrough app. So if people can't stay, that's totally fine too. But it's nice to do this live. Is this going to um, go on your, on your IGTV after you, yeah. okay, yeah. cool. I'll and I'll sure. send you a copy too. You can feel free to uh, post it too. Yes, please. Um, <laughs> uh, okay, man, Qu quick question about paid advertising. And then I promise I want to get into the handstand specifically right, because right, I know right. a lot of your audience is joining that are into the handstands. Um, um, for paid acquisition, now, do you recommend um, for people, obviously that was your way to kind of, growth, right? And, and they say paid acquisition is one of the pillars of having an e-commerce business, uh, amongst many other things. Um, do you, what, what would you recommend to somebody getting started? Like I talked to a lot of people, they're like, hey, I have a course, but I only have 500 followers. How mm -hmm. can I get this out there? How can I get it in front of people? And I don't know much about paid ac advertising. Should I just use the sponsored thing in Instagram? Should I use YouTube? Should I use TikTok? What do you say yeah. to somebody right now getting started? Number one, know your audience. Where do they live? Um, mm. my, my audience lives on Instagram, like the handstand community, the fitness community, the yoga community. Um, and Instagram mm. tends to skew a little older people who are more affluent, established in their careers, meaning they are more, more likely to have disposable income to spend on things they enjoy, like a handstand course. Um, right. I... Uh, recently started experimenting with TikTok's ad platform and oh, nice. it's good. It's not nearly as sophisticated as Facebook. However, TikTok has about 500 million users that are in a completely different age demographic than the people you would find on Facebook. So mm -hmm. 
my, I'm currently in the midst of like developing the strategy right now. It's just testing. I'm running some old ads that had performed well on Facebook and Instagram. I'm running them on TikTok to see if they can convert. Gotten a couple sales, but nothing to the volume that I would get on Facebook. So um, know your audience. Uh, if you're advertising yeah. a course on business, go to LinkedIn, go to Twitter. If you're advertising mm. a course on like, for example, I'm not going to advertise my Hanson course on LinkedIn. I'm not even going to try. The, <laughs> right. Like, what's the point? Um, so that's step number one is know where your yeah. audience lives. What social media platforms do they engage with the most? And where are they going to be like a really engaged consumer and shopper? Um, the other one is uh, if you're going to do Instagram and Facebook, which are in, in their world is one ecosystem of, of ads, right? Because from the Facebook ads platform, you can choose Instagram, audience network, uh, Instagram stories, Facebook stories, messenger stories. There's a bunch of different permutations of what you could do. Um, if you're going to do that, don't go, don't boost a post. That's mm. your, you're wasting your money. Um, in my opinion, to boost a post is basically you're going to hit most of your audience that already exists. And if they haven't purchased from you already, it's, I, the, the conversions I, I suspect are going to be low. Mm. Boosting a post is different than running an ad, and let me be very clear. If you have a Facebook business page, meaning you have a business manager account, and then you have an ads manager account, then you get to use the ads manager tool, which is hyper-specific in targeting. And when it comes down to mm. everything, uh, no matter how good your creative is, no matter how good your offer is, no matter how great of a discount you're offering, if it's not targeted at the right people, you're going to throw money down the toilet. So I would say get, get curious. Go buy a course on Facebook ads. I've, I bought several, right? Like I love, oh, really? I've learned, I love learning this stuff. Um, I Any study, specific you know, ones you recommend? Any specific websites or courses you recommend? Jason Hernang um, um, runs Facebook Ads Academy. I recently bought one. Hold on. Let me open it from this dude, Khalid. Uh, who used to work at Facebook. And so his ad was amazing. And he did something that I'll recommend to all of you guys. His ad looked like this, like a talking head, right? In the box. Yeah. Don't use yeah. images. Do not use image-based ads in the fitness industry. Show them mm. something. Um, you, your face and your smile and your eyes and the way you speak, your inflection is going to be far more engaging than a picture of like my bicep. You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> no, no one really cares. Right. Like, um, so yeah. this guy, Khalid, that I did, um, his is hosted on, I think, Teachable. But um, yeah, Khalid H is his name. Okay. It's K-H-A-L-I-D, and then his last name starts with H. So it's H Khalid. Yeah. On Teachable. Yeah, uh, on Teachable. He's got a good course. It's, uh, the guy knows his stuff. He worked at Facebook for a number of years. So those are two. Jason Hernang and Khalid are uh, digitalmarketer.com. They have plenty of courses. No matter what, yeah. if you're, if you're going to do this, study it. Do not shoot from the hip. You will just yeah. throw money away. If you're like, like don't oh, go in, play with 50 bucks, experiment. I'll see how it goes. Don't do that. Don't no, reinvent the wheel. No, go study <laughs> with people. If you're going to spend money yeah. on Facebook, like spend money on learning how to use Facebook, learning how to like uh, Google ads. Like, so, so people are clear. Um, Facebook and Instagram are one advertising ecosystem. Google and YouTube are a whole separate one, and they have a uh, Google search network is, is pretty wide. So, again, if you don't know what you're doing, you can throw away a lot of money and all of a sudden spend, get, spend money on you know, 17,000 clicks and get no conversions, 
and you just lost a thousand dollars or something, you know? So yeah, go get educated, yeah. go get educated about the platforms for sure. I did a ton of research on TikTok before I even signed up and I was like, mm. all right, let's see what they got. Checked out who their main user base was, uh, what countries they're available in. And I was decided, okay, this is worth testing. So, um, yeah, there's, there's always going to be some new platform. Yeah. 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 That's, that's Snapchat, really TikTok, like all these yeah. new ones just came out. So it's, there's going to be a lot of places to advertise in the near future. Um, I like Facebook and Instagram because those are the worlds that I live in. That's where my age demographic is. That's where I mm. uh, teach, you know, my friends how to advertise on. So yeah, that, that's my two cents, brother. That's cool, man. Um, well, well, what's your thoughts on Snapchat? Is that Nope. I guess your audience doesn't really live there. You don't, you don't care. I, you... I'm not going to mess with Snapchat. And it's not that I don't yeah. believe that they have a lot of potential in an advertising um, arena. I'm just yeah. way more curious about TikTok. Um, I tried. Mm. I, I opened a Snapchat. Um, I made an account. I was on there for less than three minutes. And I was like, nope, <laughs> hard no. I don't, really? I just didn't, I just didn't see it panning out. So I did want to, I did give TikTok a chance. I actually had a video uh, recently that went like kind of semi-viral and got like 80,000 views in three, four oh, days wow. or something. Yeah. That and it had good. nothing to do with handstand Had absolutely nothing. It was just me being stupid. And, um, and now I got, I, in, in the first two weeks of TikTok, I got almost 5,000, like 4,500 4, followers or something like that because that one video took wow. off. Yeah. TikTok is so interesting and like, um, you know, Instagram is doing the reels to try to like take over TikTok. But I've also noticed I've experimented with few accounts. Like, you know, my mother tongue is Punjabi. I speak mm -hmm. Punjabi from India. So I, I created a TikTok account um, called Speak Punjabi, where I just teach different words. <laughs> and I okay. make little short videos. And dude, it's gone. Like I'm getting all these like hundreds of followers nice. and hundreds and thousands of views. And I think the reason is because when you open TikTok, the videos are so short that they can show you a whole bunch of videos, right, in, in the span. And their explore page is right there. And I, and I believe they default to the explore page. Where yeah. Instagram, it defaults to your feed. I could be wrong on that. But just I think the shortness of the videos makes it go viral much faster. Is in that my, kind of what you found? In my short experience on TikTok, whoever is in charge of the user engagement department needs a raise they are unbelievable <laughs> at, keep, at keeping you on that app um yeah and same the same thing with like my site kyleweager.com and any sites that i build our main thing is like how do we keep the user out of here longer right like mm, i don't right. want to i'm not going to i'm not going to bounce them to an external url to do my handstand video and i'm not going to um ask them to leave my site for any reason unless it's absolutely necessary tiktok as i'm scrolling it's like they're reading their, their predictive analytics are phenomenal. It's like, they know what I want to see based on the mood, based on the things I like, um, like the post about someone having a relationship struggle that I can deal with, or I like this one person's handstand photo, or I heard this motivational quote and I like that. And they're just like in your brain, you know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah. yeah, that for me, TikTok it, is going to be the future of advertising. That's great to hear. And what's funny is, and I think there's some late, late adopters to it you know there's i think you're uh i'm a early late adopter i know it's been around a couple uh, think, of years it's like i think I you're earlier I got, than, than a lot of other people i wish i would have got um, on it earlier right um do you so tiktok can you just make it clear for our audience it's not just tiktok and reels is it not just dancing videos and funny videos of your pet i'm sure no, that's that too 
if you're the, the from what I've seen, the fitness arena isn't as big on TikTok as it is on Instagram. Um, the general joke going around TikTokers is like you have to be either funny or hot, right? And so, <laughs> right. I don't actually get a lot of fit. I don't get a lot of fitness stuff coming across my feed, but I found a few accounts that have upwards in the hundreds of thousands of followers and they do the same thing I do. So I'm like, okay, so it's possible, but most of them are very attractive, younger women, not a 38 year old man. You know what I mean? And so it's like, unfortunately some aspects of social media are very superficial. And so um, I'm hoping I can win out with just quality coaching and having experience and having a genuinely good offer. I think we got a question. Yeah, we do got a question. So Delila Yoga asks, uh, would you prefer, this is a question about selling and how to position your product and what product to have. Would you prefer to sell something cheap for many people or something more valuable and expensive like a course for more people? Excellent question. Yeah, Yeah. excellent question. And my answer is yes. Have both. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so so here's here's what, like for example, um, here's what, Delilah or Delila yoga. Um, Okay, I have a free video that I give away. My next thing in my funnel is called the 30 minute handstand basics. And it's for people who can't kick up yet. They just need to work on their plank and their core and like crow pose and like things that a baseline general line of fitness. That's $7, super available to everybody. My next Mm. thing up the chain is a $57 product, still a pretty low level purchase. It's called the four essential handstand elements. It's about, um, four weeks long. It has five different videos, like roughly five hours of content. And then up from that is my $175 product uh, called six weeks to handstand my core offer up from that is a product called handstand elite, which is 250 bucks. And then up from that is um, either my retreat, which is not happening this year, sad panda, uh, Mm. or one-on-one digital handstand coaching. So think about this um, Delilah or Delilah, I hope I'm saying, I hope I'm saying your name right. Have, don't just think about having a product, have a product line. And as everybody knows from this call, I have an app that is also a very comfortable price point that is separate from my website. And so we're actually running some tests on the, on the pricing anywhere between apps can run from, you know, a dollar a month to $50 a month or depending on what you're doing. Right. And so mm-hmm. think about what you want to do and make a product line out of it. Now, that might sound like a, a lot of information, like, oh, God, I got to go create all this content. What I did is I started with a free video and a course. I filmed my course, and then I knew I needed a free thing to get people in the door. And so um, all of those course-based things exist on kyoweger.com. And then my app, which is more drill-based and like choose-your-own-adventure kind of workout thing, that exists with Breakthrough Apps, and these are, that's my total product line. What my, my goal is like, I want to have – if somebody wants to purchase something from me, I want to have a product that fits them perfectly. Yeah. Like the app is interesting because like that's another way that they can try and buy. It's just a subscription. You pay nine ninety nine a month and we're going to be like we're playing around with the pricing to see what makes sense. Um, actually, that is a good question. So let's say if I create one course. I create a course, how to create an app. You want to make an app? I made a course for it, let's say. Okay. And how do I go about pricing this course? Like the first course. How did you okay. go about pricing your first course? I was uh, I, I had two things here. I originally priced it. I wanted to sell it for $175. And then it turned out like not a lot of people bought it at that price. And then I was like, okay, 
it just doesn't feel good, but I'm going to drop the price to 99, even though I've spent thousands of dollars on my own training, uh, thousands of dollars <laughs> traveling to train. I've put in thousands right. of hours doing my own stuff. And this, this, the original version of the course had somewhere around eight, eight hours of content. And so when you're pricing this thing, you think of like, okay, what am, what's my brain worth? Like everything I know up here about handstand and not, um, by the way, I'm not yeah. saying I, I know everything. I'm very, I'm very like new in you know, this game. You know I, a whole lot. You know a whole I, lot, bro. <laughs> I know a lot of, I know a lot about the two handed handstand. And then when I go train with my coach, I feel like I know nothing cause he's so advanced. Um, so your, your pricing should reflect your, your level of expertise and experience. So what happened was I priced mine at 99. People started buying it more. And then I was like, you know what? I'm going to move the price back up because it's like I had gotten a few, a uh, few emails from mentors of mine and then a few emails from customers that were like, Oh my God, this is such a valuable course. I've never been able to do these drills. I didn't even know these drills existed. And I was like, thanks for the vote of confidence. Right. And so, um, have like price it where you feel good about it, where you feel like you're not giving away the farm. Uh, but you also make it available for people. Um, the, the true students that want to learn it. Yeah. And I'll go back to what you said about like knowing your audience. It also depends on how niche this product is, right? Like if I'm, if I'm teaching you like a crazy niche course, that's like, you know, like how to make, <laughs> I'll, I'll pick up my wife because she made Indian lasagna. If I'm picking like how to make Indian Italian fusion food, right? If that's right. a pretty niche course, maybe I can charge more. Um, but at the same time, if it's kind of available for a lot of people, and anybody and everybody, if it's just like simple as like losing weight or just a fitness app, um, I feel you can charge less because you may have a bigger audience. Yeah. And I think, and I think what I've found personally is uh, just talking to different influencers is that sometimes we can kind of confuse like, hey, but I'm worth way more than this. I'm w worth way more than nine ninety nine a month. Mm -hmm. um, and I always share this example. I have a friend who made a fitness app and became a millionaire. And guess how much he charged for the app? No, is it a dollar or something? Dollar ninety nine. Dollar ninety nine, right? <laughs> yeah, and he became so a millionaire. The volume game, right? So, right. Um, you got to look at that too. Uh, to your point about the niche, like, are you teaching just general vinyasa yoga? Okay, cool. Yeah. That is probably not. You're probably gonna have to lower your price unless the following condition is in place. If you already have a huge following of loyal followers. Mm. Then, you, then the price gets negotiable. But if you don't have a big social following or a big email list to reach out to, then you're going to have to be competitive on price. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, how do you look at, you know, a lot of people also say that, the, I mean, uh, people say that, like, the, the follower count is a bit of a vanity metric because you yeah. could have a bunch of, like, like qualified leads for you to sell something like how do you look at that number and how do you know what part of that is quality? Like, how do you measure engagement is really what I'm, I think, trying to ask. I don't. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, okay, I, I measure two things. Okay, I got like yeah. my Instagram following and I have a, I have a few people uh, out of the 48,000 that are like super loyal and they're very like, they stand behind everything. I do all the social causes I stand for anytime I put out an uh, Instagram live. Like for a workout, they're always there. They bought my products. Um, that the the number I measure against that is my the size of my email list. Um, and uh. now email, I can I can 
very easily measure an active campaign. Hey, find me anyone who hasn't opened an email from me in the last six months. Cool. Oh, we're wow. going to send them a re-engagement sequence. If they don't re-engage, we're cleaning up our list and getting them off. Um, like four or five weeks ago, I deleted 12,000 people from my email wow. list. Um, because they just they, they had lost interest or I just I didn't I may have missed the mark in terms of getting their attention. But one thing I do know is that I want to have a very efficient and clean email uh, sending process so that my open rates go up and so that my deliverability goes up. So I'm reaching more people's inboxes instead of getting shoved into the, the junk or promotions or social folder. I want the primary inbox on Gmail is where I want to be. Right. So um, yeah. I love wow. my I love my followers. Absolutely love my followers on every platform that I have. Um, yeah. and, and also, I will tell you, as a businessman, um, I would strive to get those email addresses before I would go for the follow. Um, the other, the flip side of this argument, though, Sonny, is a crowd draws a crowd. So mm. if if someone has a hundred thousand followers and I hit their page and they have something to do with handstands or gymnastics or something, I'm like, well, they must be good. They have a hundred thousand. I don't know if those are legitimate. I don't know if they had some bot go buy it, you know, because you, if I wanted to right now, there's services out there where I could be like a total uh, inauthentic human and go buy a hundred thousand followers. And then right. it, it just looks bad. I, know, I, I hate to say this, but I know people who have done this and bought a bunch of followers. And it's like, wow. <laughs> You have a hundred yeah. thousand followers in your last video got 16 likes. The math doesn't shake. It's like, it's so obvious when you look at it. So yeah, grow your following organically. Uh, or I mean, I did mine through paid ads, like I said. So technically you could make the argument that I bought followers, but what I bought was buying was leads for my lead magnet that ended up following me as a byproduct. And those were super qualified because now you're, Totally. You make a li living from these courses and the various offerings you have. Yep. Um, um, th th that brings up another question. I want to actually dig into email, email as well. But before that, as an influencer, generally, I'm sure you've come across so many influencers that you know of in your circle. Obviously, yourself, you're an influencer on Instagram. I don't um, know, man. I that this term for me is something that you like, don't like I, that term. I, not that I don't like it. It's just that it has a weird taste for me. Um, I think it does for everybody. So well, what do you prefer? I'm a, I'm a, I'm a handstand coach. I'm a businessman that I got a following. You know, so here's my definition of like influencer. When I think of influencer, I think of people who are promoting other people's products. They don't have a product oh, of their yeah. own maybe. Um, and that's not a bad thing. If they make their money that way, hell yeah. Affiliates. Keep it up. Like, yeah, do yeah. They're like marketing for other people. Um, I had read an article about like the – kind of the downside to this influencer culture that we live in is that everyone is now striving to be an influencer without actually building a business of their own. So the, the, the definition that this article gave that I really resonated with and people on this feed may feel free to get, disagree with me is that yeah. if you were to strip an influencer of their following, they wouldn't have a business. So if you were mm. to take, if you were to take away Instagram, if Instagram shut down tomorrow, I would still have an app. I would still have kyleweger.com. Yeah. So, um, and that's not, I, I'm not here to tell anyone how to, how to live their life or how to make their money or anything like that. Now, does someone with 48,000 followers have influence? Probably like you could make that argument. Right. right? But, um, I'm, I'm very sensitive to the word influencer, um, because just yeah. the, the, the typical, uh, the, what I'll say, the stereotypical kind of profile that you see is where, um, 
they often make their life look more glamorous than it actually is. And they tend to skew younger, right? So as I get yeah. older, I realize I'm just going to post like stuff that's very real and authentic to me. And yeah. when I see people like, you know, acting one way on social media and then you meet them in real life, that's what gives me a little bit of a, a sour taste in my mouth for the word influencer. So totally get it. I see yeah. why I see why you would associate that word with me because of just strictly yeah. the num the like you said the vanity number of followers. Um, at the end of the day, I would me rather measure my balance sheet and my my P and L against people. My, yeah. People love that. It's super. Um, yeah. yeah, totally, man. Uh, it, it, that's really well put. That if Instagram goes away, you're still going to have a business. Totally. And I'm sure it'll be interesting to see how many people won't have a business, right? right. So do you sometimes feel, as an Instagram personality, I'll call it, a little bit less, <laughs> less charged, um, do you feel slave to the Instagram algorithm no. at any point during this? And that's why I guess you've been kind of diversifying no. your offering. No, because I run paid ads. So my ads get shown yeah. to whoever I tell them to show it to. It's not like I have to post Wednesday at 2 o'clock, like a super high traffic time, in order to get my post seen. I've, I've built my business around advertising. Um, here's the example I'll give you. Um, why you, if you, for the people that are like the slave of Instagram or like to your point or to something I said, if you, if Instagram shut down tomorrow, would you still have a job? Imagine mm -hmm. 10 years ago, if I had spent all this time building my MySpace following, <laughs> right? Like I'm That's like, Oh point. man, I need more MySpace followers, more MySpace <laughs> followers instead of actually getting emails, email capture and building your actual site and course offerings that's going to be associated with your brand. Mm -hmm. Don't get, no matter how you slice it, social media is a double-edged sword. It, it can be awesome for connecting. Like I'm meeting a bunch of really awesome like-minded people on TikTok. Um, and mm. also you can be a slave to it because if you put too much value on that number of followers and that's what you're doing, um, man, this is going to wear you down. It's going to wear you down emotionally. It's going to wear you down energetically. Whereas, um, if you put value, if you put your time and effort into your business and growing your website or building your app, then your followers and the number of them aren't really that important because you're like, I'm, I've actually built something I'm proud of. Right. And so I'm, yes. don't get me wrong. I love my followers because they are very loyal in their, like, I think I've weeded out so many people. I think I lose followers by the hundreds, by the way. Wow. Uh, because I will post something around Black Lives Matter or around the LGBTQ plus community. And I'll get these like nasty messages that are like, oh, I, I'm not, I'll never subscribe to your app. I'm never going to buy your product now. And I'm like, all right, don't let the door hit you on the ass on the way out. Like, <laughs> I'm fine with that. I so I'm, I'm yeah. still proud of my, I'm proud of my business and not necessarily people that um, if they, if they, someone doesn't want to follow me, I'm not going to beg them to stay. There's some crazy shit that goes on on Instagram and I feel like it this is a controversial topic it's like I don't know how much you can blame Instagram versus best like we're just seeing the ugly parts of humanity as well yeah like it's all <laughs> like Instagram Instagram Facebook TikTok all whatever all the all the things this yeah, is just yeah. now a lot of people really showcasing how bad they really are and they're just putting it on they're just putting yeah. it on display for the public it's crazy man um um all right so I would be I would regret if we ran out of time, didn't talk about handstands. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> um, so question about handstands. Um, I know you probably 
I not probably I know this because I have the numbers for our app, and I'm sure you there's a lot of numbers beyond the app as well. You've impacted thousands of people, like got them to have a handstand practice to get better at handstand in some ways. Um, is well when you're when you're coaching people in in handstands. Do you is there any kind of like requirements for somebody to start doing handstands? Is there some sort of like fitness requirements that they must be certain level of fit, or do you just kind of get that through the practice? Um, man, this is a tough one to answer because I, I I would like to believe that everybody has the ability to learn how to handstand. Some people learn it super fast. Some people take many many years. Right? I would say this: if you're uh, if if fitness is a hobby of yours, whether that be lifting, CrossFit, yoga calisthenics or just cardio like if you move your body on a daily basis that's kind of the baseline um if you have lived a completely sedentary lifestyle for the last two decades and you want to learn a handstand i would highly advise you just to start going to the gym first and just getting mm -hmm. in shape and just like figuring out your muscles be active do a little cardio do some weightlifting, and then just get in like what i call baseline strength um now once someone has that like I've said it before and I'll say it right here. If you go to the gym regularly, if you do yoga, if you have a workout routine that's three or more days a week, I can probably teach you how to handstand over time. And so yeah. um, I find that like the number of people that I've been able to connect with digitally and in person, um, back when in-person travel was a thing. Um, <laughs> I don't yeah, remember. It, it's, it, it, yeah, right. It's been so long. My last workshop yeah. was in uh, a little suburb right out of Washington, D.C. This, uh, this last March, and that was the last like, big one I did. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, so it's awesome to see like, the emails come in from people that it's like I, – I get really emotional sometimes. Like, there's a couple that have made me cry. Um, yeah. and I know a lot of people will like download our app and try it for a while or stick with it. And a bunch of people get my free video and courses. So I, I have, after I deleted those 12,000 people, I still had 40,000 people on my email list, which I had, which means yeah. I had, I had like 50,000 people that at the bare minimum had gotten a free video. Um, I mm. have 6,500, 6, people, members on my site. So 6,522 as of yesterday, I believe. Um, mm. so these are people that bought something. These are people that did like my, my 30 minute basics course, my four elements course, my six week course. Wow. I, I look at that number. Cause if they purchase that, then they're probably willing to spend some more time with me in a, you know, a right. asyn asynchronous digital setting. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's interesting how, just how many people want to do this. Cause I, when I launched, I was like, ah, if I sell a couple copies a month, I'll be pretty happy. And now we're at all like <laughs> almost 7,000 people, you know, it's crazy. Yeah. And it's amazing. The people are just discovering you are definitely from your Instagram and like from the app store, people are finding, finding handstand, yeah. handstand coach. We it's get a crazy. lot of organic, we get a lot of organic uh, yeah. downloads on the app, which is interesting because that just goes to show you how many people search the word handstand. People are into it. Um, yeah. um by the way, this was a question in, that popped up and I, and I'm curious about it. You're a handstand coach. You've been doing this for, I want to say years, if not yeah. a decade or two. Um, yeah. What is your practice? How do you stay? Is this one of those things you either you use it or lose it? I always hear you got to yes. like keep, keep working at it. So what is your personal process? To Perfect. Keep the up? So um, I have a coach. His name is Miguel Santana. Um, mm -hmm. He, most people in, on Instagram, if they if they know about handstands, they probably know who Miguel is. He goes by Miguel Hand yeah. Balance. Um, yeah. He's my. I mean, 
I've had a lot of coaches. Um, he's the one I'm working with currently and the one I've worked with the most. Um, and so I guess I, 10 years ago, I started doing handstands, but keep in mind, it was not very good. And like, <laughs> I thought I was good until I learned that yeah. there was a better way. And then I thought that way was good until I learned a better way. And so I would say my first actual intensive was uh, January of 2018. Up until then, wow. I, had been, I had been teaching like a, a lot of gymnastic style drills for handstand because I did yoga and then transitioned into gymnastics. I went to Las Vegas. I did a training with a gentleman named Yuri Marmerstein, who's just kind of an all-around mover acrobat, but also happens to be a pretty sick handstander as well. And mm. that was my first real intensive where I was like, yeah. okay, I don't want to do anything but handstands. I'm ditching yoga. I'm ditching weightlifting. I'm ditching everything. I'm just doing handstands. And so yeah. after him, I went and met Miguel for the very first time in Honolulu in March. And that's where I met a handful of friends that I'm still really good friends with today. My buddy Garrett, my homegirl Elise. Um, just like all Shout these. Out. Yeah, Elise Balance and then Garrett. I think he goes by Garrett Movement. Um, or he might actually just put his last name, which is Garrett Schneiwind. I'm not very good. Anyway, go look up Garrett. He's awesome. Um, yeah. So yeah. I met them there. And then I started touring because my course was like taking off. And so I had started piecemealing together trainings while I was on the road. Now that I had nothing to do in Denver um, with no travel, my, my, yeah. to get back to your original question, my workout uh, looks like this. Um, I go in, I, I roll out the bottom of my feet minute and a half. I stretch out my calves for a minute and a half. I stretch out my piriformis for about two to three minutes on each side, hamstrings, and then I do my quads and hip flexors, and then I'll sit in the straddle for anywhere between five and 10 minutes. Um, I'll do Jefferson curls and forward fold. So before I even get on my hands, I am mm. 30 to 40 minutes deep. Then, wow. my, then I will train. My, I do three uh, timed holds. Like today um, at my morning practice, I did, oddly enough, I did a minute 43, a minute 43, and then a minute 23. Those are my three holds, uh, freestanding. And then I work mm. my, my, my tuck, uh, which is a position where your legs are coming down and I try to pull my head through. Um, so I'll do that. And then I have a couple other positions I'm working. And then I jump straight into one-arm training. Um, and I have a coach who has me on a certain program. Miguel wants me doing certain drills. Um, I was unable to complete it today because unfortunately I tweaked my left uh, wrist and I could feel it. It's not injured. It's all good. Um, but I could yeah. feel like if I stay on my left hand any longer, this is not going to be good. So I decided to come down and I switched over to like doing some weights and stuff. And I'm going to get my, um, get my left hand, the, the gift of a little bit of rest. So extremely, <laughs> extremely long warm up, And then I do yeah. my, my foundational work, the long holds on each of those holds. I'm going one scissor, one tuck, one straddle. Um, for beginners, like, this is going to be too much for you, right? It's uh, yeah. a minute 43, a minute 43, a minute 23. Um, what I would suggest that you can take a look at any of my programming I have out there on the, on the app or on my site. Um, I, I do scissor tuck straddle drills just till the cows come home until you've mastered, <laughs> just until you've uh, mastered the, um, the movement piece. So uh, Tumbling Monkey says, do you use yeah. straps for your wrist? I do not. I don't want a lot of stuff like in the way I don't think I but mm -hmm. then again knock wood I've never had an injury that required me to I know some people will use um, some kind of compression around their hands when they're upside down I've just never had yeah. to I, I prefer just kind of a, like I got my little rubber 
you know, bracelets from Club Galisthenics or something, but I don't have anything that's like compressing my wrist. Do do people use that? Because if they feel like mm-hmm. they're, 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 she says she's scared. And yeah. actually, to me, uh, I'm glad Tumbling Monkey you brought that up. Um, and yes, happy the value to you as well. Um, I I get scared in handstands. I fully can't do a handstand yet. Um, you know, I can use the wall. I can use some support. Um, I I tend to think that my my wrists are gonna give out. Like mm-hmm. the rest of my body feels good, and my core feels a little bit sometimes a little challenged. Um, right. I guess that's the reason why people would to support their wrists. Or yeah. is there other wrist exercises you've done? Mm-hmm. Or you just have strong wrists naturally, I guess. I have I have strong wrists from the practice. I don't I didn't like mm-hmm. you know. Um, one thing you can do is grab a weight and then start to go into dorsiflexion against the load and then move it through. So you're going to start to strengthen the muscles in the back of this, and then you would flip that over as well, like hand on, let me see if I can get here, like hand on your knee and start curling mm-hmm. in and just strengthen the muscles around the wrist. Um, strong, yeah. mu- strong muscles are usually better to help prevent injury. Uh, weak muscles is where injuries happen. Um, right. So I've seen uh, there's a cat named uh, Nick Falciani, who's a really cool dude and a very strong hand bouncer. He yeah. he wears these like big wraps, and it's because he's like he trains so hard, like he trains like six hours a day. Last time I talked to him that was last year, but he trains like six hours a day or something. So, wow. um, I I do want to address Brooke, uh, who just yeah, asked, yeah. what about the process? Oops, let me turn this back on. What about the process of learning to do a handstand is most important to you? This one's easy, Brooke. Consistency. Whoever trains the mm-hmm. most consistently wins. So I've said it before on other like platforms and I'll say it here now. The goal is not handstand, right? Like let's get off of the goal and then just make the goal to be to train four or five days a week. And I'm talking full practice, full warm up, full stretching, all your movement drills, your shape drills, your hollow body, your handstands at the wall, your endurance training at the wall, make that the goal. And then I mm. promise you, your handstand is going to come a lot faster versus having the goal of a handstand and you're just kind of wildly kicking up in the middle of the room without making much progress. That can be frustrating and it's not that fun. And then eventually you stop training it versus doing the drills that make you stronger day over day. That's the goal. So for me, um, right now I'm training my one arm and the proper way to train a one arm is not what I was doing for a long time, which was one hand down and then throw the other hand off, lose balance and then fall. My goal has been just to stay right here and that's my goal, right? I've, I've gotten off the one arm and then I'll switch and go this hand down and this mm. hand in support. And so then I just do that for time and I see if I can accumulate two to three minutes per hand in that position. Um, we have another, wow. let's see. That's, prop- that's, I'm sure that's a lot harder than, 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 than it seems. <laughs> Yeah, it, yeah go it's, ahead, the very, next it's very tempting to take when you're practicing one arm, um, at least in my experience, I know a lot of my peers feel the same way. It's very tempting to take the hand off and say, like, this is going to be the one. This is the time where it's going to happen. <laughs> and then so I'm just right now, I'm just very patient with my with my hand in a support and stack position. Uh, Delilah says the problem with the wall is I can't leave the wall then. Yes. Yeah, so let's fix this. I have the same problem, Delilah. I'm so, too chicken to leave the wall. Here's why. Not saying you're a chicken. <laughs> here's why. Um, if you yeah. kick, if you kick to the wall, I'm talking. Here's the wall, and you kick two legs up, and your back is facing the wall. Um, what happens is you're actually training, kicking over your center, and then you have to go one, two, and pull the legs off. What I would suggest, Delilah, is to crawl up and into the wall so that your chest or your belly is facing the wall and work on hollow body there and work on the shape. And then over time, 
you say this is your wall, this is your hollow, over time, you would close the gap and get closer to the wall. I call it nose and toes because just your nose and just your toes are touching the wall and you're in this kind of like hollow position through the middle of the body. Now, this one is scary for people because if you don't know how to fall or you're claustrophobic, this can be quite agitating because it's like you don't have a lot of space. You're in a weird compromised position. Um, I, by the way, not to shamelessly self-promote, but I have these drills on the app to, on like how to walk, <laughs> how to walk in. Um, so get off of kicking to the wall. That's not to say kicking to the wall is a, a bad drill. I think there's just better drills that would get you your skill faster. So mm. if, you, if you practice kicking over, uh, the way to think about this is imagine taking away the wall. What have you been practicing? You're practicing kicking past yourself and you're going right. to fall, right? Yeah. Uh, so M Megan has another question. Megan says, facing the wall, I have a hard time knowing where I get the hollow body. The quick test for this, Megan, is if, if your ribs are touching the wall, you're not hollowed. So if you, have, if you have a training friend or anything like that, when you get into position, see if your friend can slide their hand in between the base of your ribs and the wall. If your ribs are flared out, that means you're actually coming into a little bit of a banana back. So the way to fix that is to give yourself a little tightness test and have someone slide their hand in between your rib cage and the wall. Mm. Um. Uh, you've been teaching this for so long. Can you share some crazy success stories about people, about your students? Yeah. Um, oh, I just got a personal shout out from Mark Miranda, a good buddy of mine and nice. uh, former coworker. And he did some print work for me when I started my first website. And uh, oh, wow. I, I always used to razz him because uh, I'm a Rockies fan. And in our division <laughs> is unfortunately the Los Angeles Dodgers and his team took it home this year. So congrats, Mark. Hats off, brother. Um, okay, so what, what was the biggest success stories? Um, yeah. Uh, my, it's, it's not like people make quantum leaps in ability in this practice. That just doesn't happen. I've never seen anyone like tri trip and fall and land in a handstand. It just doesn't happen that way. So yeah. the, the biggest su success stories just come from the people who do it the most. Um, my mom, my mom, because, uh, she started, uh, yoga when I started doing yoga. And so then she got a little more into handstands and like at age 60, she can still rock out a, a pretty good workout and hold, um, hold a handstand in the middle of the room. Um, there is, uh, uh, these two gals in Italy that I'm a big fan of. One of them name is Susanna and the other is Sylvia. I'm back to meet them in person. This is now, this is a big treat for me when someone buys my product and whether it's the app or the course, and I go travel to a place, and they, they come up to me, they're like, I've been doing your course for a year. Wow. Like, she's, she's like, I, yeah. I spend like every day with you. And, I, and like, when I left Italy, there was a big moment, but um, these two gals have made a ton of progress. Um, I have some people in my handstand breakthrough group, which is a, a group you can find over on kyleweger.com. It's a paid group with weekly trainings. We have, um, a gal in there named Madeline who sets like a new PR every week. She started at being able to like hold 10 seconds at the wall and she's just crushing it. Um, and so wow. th that group sees a lot of PRs, but then again, we work every, every single week and we do some really hard stuff. Um, I was, not, this isn't handstand related, but more yoga related. I was doing an inversions workshop and um, there was a woman in Melbourne who started crying in the middle. I was at the other side of the room. I was like going around coaching and there was a woman in Melbourne who started crying. The first thing you think as a coach is like, oh, shit, she's injured. Like, I have an injury to, yeah. on my hands. I go over there. I was like, hey, are you, what's, what's going on? Are you okay? And um, she was like, 
I just did a headstand. I've been trying it for 10 years and I've never been able wow. to get it. And she was crying that I like had to leave the room because I was like to lose it. And um, <laughs> after that, I was like, wow. I was like, well, what else are you going to stop believing about yourself now? Like what other limiting beliefs That's are you just going to throw away? So um, success stories. I mean, if I want to go above the beginner level, um, I've yeah. watched some of my peers. Um, I, a guy I mentioned earlier, Garrett, when he and I met in Honolulu in 2018, he was already better than me. Uh, he's just a super strong kid. What he's been, what he's able to do now in the last two and a half or three years, I'm like, bro, you're the acceleration of some of these people. is just like, it's beyond me of like, damn, how wow. did you, how did you get that skill so quickly? That's a hard skill. Like one arm handstand, um, you know, planche, all these crazy things. But yeah, I think success can be measured in so many different ways. Um, never, never stop growing. Yeah. yeah. If, you're, if you're a beginner and just, just learning how to kick your feet up and catch that like hover for a second and you're shaking like hell and you come back down, but that moment of liftoff was a win for you, I will celebrate j that just as hard as I would celebrate my friends doing some cool new, like really advanced tricks, right? Success is success. Yeah. yeah. Um, there was a question that I want to that I want to go back to that was asked, um, and I'm actually personally curious about this. And I've known you for almost a year, and I still don't know this. Oh. How did you get into handstands in the beginning? You mentioned you were in yoga and you came from yeah. a gymnastics background. How did you get into it? And like, what what kept you? Yeah, I didn't I didn't have a gymnastics background. Right? Why? I oh. guess I, I have a gymnastics background now. I didn't start gymnastics until I was thirty years old, so not like oh wow, super okay, early. That's, ins that's inspiring. <laughs> right, right, right. So I did yoga. Yeah. I did yoga, and I wanted more from that practice in the hand balancing part. Now I could, I found this group in Denver who was doing gymnastics. And I was like, Oh, let's go learn gymnastics. And we were doing rings and parallel bars and stretching and all that. But the part of the class that I really just only looked forward to was, um, the handstand oh, real quick. Can I give Hunter a shout out? Hunter K is a, a yeah. buddy of mine. He said, uh, thanks hopping off instead of go do some handstands. Have a powerful weekend. Hunter, uh, if you guys want to see a total machine, go follow Hunter. He is a monster. Absolute monster. He's okay. Yeah, he's awesome at a lot of other fitness things. He's currently learning his handstand, and um, I appreciate having him as a follower too. Um, so then I got into gymnastics, and then it's funny. I thought that I was good at handstand. And amongst my – I guess when your peer group tells you you're good at something, you start to believe it. And so amongst yeah. my friends, I was like the guy who handstanded all the time. And then when you switch peer groups and you go hang out with acrobats – and you realize, oh, I know absolutely nothing. That's when you start to level up, right? And so you're right. constant, constantly trying. So I was like yoga, um, yoga, gymnastics, and then like circus. I, don't, I wouldn't call circus because I don't do anything in the circus. I've never been in the circus. I love circus training. Um, but I, I just hand balancing. When you go hang out with hand balancers, who a lot of time has, has overlap with acrobatics, that's when you realize like, oh my God, remember eight years ago when I did that handstand in yoga and I thought I was the king of the world? Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just different, different peer groups. Yeah. yeah. Right. Oh, wow. But, but what kept you though? Like clearly you got into it you just, and you got a lot better at it. But what I, kept you interested? Like did, does it ever go stale because you've been doing it for so long? Man, I, I've never found anything that like lights me up this way. And I'm, granted, mm. I'm a pretty OCD kind of guy. So when I get into something, I get really into it. Sometimes it lasts my whole life. Sometimes it fades. Um, this just, this was the reason I got up at 6 a.m. I was like, oh, I can't wait to go practice. 
like after my training, after my training with Miguel, I was like, yeah. oh my God, I actually have a roadmap on how to be better. I was like, I didn't want to do anything. It, my discipline, and that a lot of people on this call will probably understand this, my discipline is not practicing. Is today when my, my wrist hurt so bad that I was oh, like, wow. damn it, Kyle, you know it's bad. Just get off your wrist. So that's my, yeah. yeah. When, you, when you're really good at something or you're wanting to be really good at something, the discipline is the rest days. That's a very interesting unlock that you naturally, your flow is to do handstands. Your, my, your discipline is to not do it, is to kind of slow it down. You're like playing to your strengths. My flow, is, my flow is to work really hard at whatever I want to be successful at, whether that's business or handstands mm. or building websites or whatever. That's my flow. And so mm. I run into the same thing, like, Kyle, don't answer emails on Sunday or don't answer yeah. emails at 9 o'clock at night. You should be getting ready for bed. But I'm like, oh, I like to work. So I'm, I, as I get older, I'm getting better with the balance, I think. And by the way, we logged on at uh, 58 minutes ago, and this automatically cuts you off at 60, I think. Yeah, yeah, it does, yeah. Yeah, we'll go for a couple minutes if any other questions pop up. Um, yeah, thanks for the reminder, though. Oh, Rami's um, in here, by the way. Your boy Rami's here. My, my boy? He's your boy. I, I can't claim him. <laughs> I can't claim him. Dude, you can claim him. <laughs> he loves you. <laughs> uh, Rami's the shit. Rami, Rami is awesome. Shit. Yeah, um, Rami's, Rami's the co-founder of Breakthrough Apps, for people Damn. that don't know. Damn right. Um, By the way, um, my, my app link is in my bio, so go boom. grab it if you want to learn how to handstand from your, uh, from your smartphone. Go grab the app. Yeah, uh, or just search handstand on, um, on the App Store. You can yep. get that too. Um, man, one last, one last question for you about business. Um, managing your email list and mm -hmm. how often you send out emails, how do you think about that? Because like, um, some people are like, should I just spam my, no, no, you know, no, no. 1,000, so, 30,000 audience? How do you look at that? I love giving away stuff for free. Today, I just sent an email for my buddy, Jonathan, who has a free giveaway, and I wanted my entire list to know about it, so I sent it to my whole list. When someone yeah. buys a product from me, I have automations triggered, so it's an event-based automation, so something specific has to happen on my website before they get the next email. That way, I'm not spamming people just over and over. Ah, got it. Yeah. Okay. And do you have, like... Do you have like a recurring email that you send, like a once a month? You know, no, I don't do monthly newsletters. You don't do any of that stuff. I don't do newsletters. Newsletters don't help your handstand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. Uh, cool, man. Well, that's uh, awesome, gang. That's everything I had. Any any last uh, words of wisdom about business or handstands or just Pick, life in yes. general? Yes. Pick something you love and make a business out of it. That's it. Hell yeah, man. That's that's. That's what I've done, and clearly you're an inspiration. You did that. I, I can definitely uh, second that. All right, Sonny. Well, this awesome, is going to cut us off, so let's end on a high note. Thank you all for coming yes. in and checking us out today. Sonny, send me the copy of this video, please. <laughs> Will do. All right, Thank later. you, everybody. Take later, care. squad. Bye. Bye.